you know, we can see where the problem is here. People need to get outside more and get natural light and also cover up and block blue and green light after dark. And you'll see a lot of these, you know, autoimmune and cardiovascular and neurological diseases decline very quickly. Welcome to The Expanded Podcast with your host, Lacey Phillips. As a leading manifestation advisor with a process that's, well, radically different from the old New Age model, mine is rooted in psychology, neuroscience, and my energetic gifts. I created this podcast to help you expand your subconscious limiting beliefs about the potential of deserving the manifestations you're calling in. Therefore, you're tuning into this podcast series to show your subconscious that anything you desire is possible. And by pressing play, you've already started the process of manifesting it. Today, the team and I head to New York for the New York leg of the speaking tour on Sunday. I'm totally flabbergasted by it because last I checked, it was almost sold out at 600 tickets. If it isn't already, I think we may have opened up a tiny bit more since the space allows, but I haven't been too in the loop because I have been pretty busy and I just like to be pretty in the moment for that stuff. I don't get too wrapped up in, you know, the energetics. It's more about the message to to send while I'm there. So I'm all packed and headed there. And one thing that I want to talk about, and I'll keep this rather short actually in the beginning, is that many of you know from following this podcast, I clearly have mediumship gifts and spirits are really attached to me. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, head back to the episode with Shaman Durek, the second episode we had with him, and it kind of lays it all out. I've had multiple episodes, you know, with people telling me about those gifts and healers. And here is one thing that I'm developed in so far, <laughs> I have to say, is that I always know when I have a lower vibrational spirit attached to me, and this has been happening for eons because I'll have bad dreams every single night, like vivid bad dreams. And at first I kind of chalk this up to Mercury in retrograde since I tend to have vivid, intense dreams then, but they're not always bad. Um, It's only when a spirit is attached that they're always bad. And for cadence, I don't even know if that's a word that's applicable for this, but Um, I see this in the Facebook group. And also I had, you guys know Jenna Zoe, human design, my human design reader. Well, now she's like human design educator. She's not even doing readings anymore. But one time she got in touch not long ago, a couple months ago, and she was like, did I hear once that you said, you know, if you have bad dreams all the time, a spirit might be attached. And she had been really experiencing this for, I think, a couple of months and traveling to like multiple continents. And, you know, she used to only have this in Ireland, which I think is a tough astro geography line for her. And I was like, oh my gosh, Jenna, I'm giving you my, and I literally have her in my phone as Shannon Ghostbuster, (laughs) which is a dear friend in this industry's sister. And that's literally what she does. I call her and she clears them off me and everything stops. And so I had to do that last week. It finally hit a point where it was bad dreams every single night. Even my little dog, who's really a, a very light energy, Barley isn't, she's like a heavy 
Daria energy, but our other dog, Marigold, is very light and bright and probably a first timer around, honestly, in a body. And she was having like really intense puppy dreams all night. So I called her and yeah, I got those off me and back to normal. And, you know, like actually the night, because I was like, I got to call Shannon. I got to call Shannon. Um, And then I finally hit a breaking point one night that I got up to go to the bathroom to ping a house and lights were shutting on and off. What else happened? I'm so used to it. It's like a daze now. And I just got pissed. And I was like, tomorrow you're out of (laughs) here. So I just want to share that resource with anybody who might also be like, well, I have them every night too. And you can't quite put your finger on it. And you've tried a lot of things. This may be what's up for you. Just to let you know, I do have a healers page, which we'll link below. It's on to be magnetic site in the little hamburger drop down. It says essentials and a drop down and that says healers. So you can kind of find everybody I always work with, but I had the ping to share it in case anybody here is ever struggling with that. Those who have been following me for a bit kind of got to witness my journey, not this last summer, but the summer before when I was staying in Woodstock. And I mean, I just was like, they were hiding my keys. They were playing tricks on me. I went to a hotel room because I was like, I'm out of here. I'm just going to go stay at a hotel around people. That always helps me a little bit more. And at 1 a.m., they set off like the super commercial fire alarm. Only my room and the entire hotel of 300 people. Fire department had to come out. They're like, there's absolutely no reason why this should be going off. And that next morning, I called Shannon and she, she cleared up the job for me. So just a little thing there if you're looking for a resource. And otherwise, because I have to hit the road, I'm going to get right into today's episode. I am very excited for this episode. I just think it is so important for people to be educated on what is going on with blue light and green light in our life, not native lights in our lives, how much it's contributed to my healing journey. And today we have had founder Andy Mann of Blue Blocks on the podcast before. It's an epic episode. Please go listen to it. We cover a lot of the basics in general about circadian rhythms, um, hormones. This one, we go super deep into fertility, how you can actually in very affordable ways, literally with you know, electrical tape, mask up your house so that you're not, you know, susceptible to as many blue lights. He really gets into the depth of a lot of double blind scientific studies that have been released. And now I I mean, I know so many of you already support the journey of protecting yourself from non-native lights through, I see it all the time. You guys are always, you know, picking up the red glasses and all of that stuff. But I just think this is absolutely paramount. If you're unfamiliar with this, it's really important to kind of educate yourself and see how truthfully sensitive some like Max isn't sensitive. I will argue he's very sensitive to this because he goes to bed. He wakes up hungover and tired every morning. He needs coffee to get out of bed. And he's also doing this protocol with me, this health protocol. So at this point, all of that should have been curbed and it's not. And he totally unprotected is engaging with blue light all day long and all evening long and falls asleep often with the computer right in front of him with the blue light. It's a whole thing. I'm very sensitive to it. So we just get deep into biohacking it affordably, truthfully, how to do that. Little tips you can do educating you on light pollution you might not even be aware of that's around in your house that you can easily remedy 
And honestly, the real depth of this is that you get back onto your circadian rhythm. You really help your hormones. And here he goes super deep into the connection between low melatonin and disease, which is mind-blowing how connected that is. So this episode is really just about empowering yourself. I am obsessed with Andy. It's the only blue blocking light company that I support. There is a link below. If you are super inspired after this, you can put in the code MAGNETIC, all caps, M-A-G-N-E-T-I-C, to get 15% off. And let's let the journey begin. It's deep. Andy, welcome back to the Expanded Podcast. We had you, when was that? Back in spring? It was, yeah. So it would have been uh, autumn in Australia. So I think it was around about maybe March, April time. Um, Yeah, so it was quite a while ago now. So for everybody listening, you will certainly want to go back to that podcast episode. You're going to learn why I wear red glasses and yellow glasses and now totally blackout. What do you guys call them? I call them eye masks at night. Yeah, loads of different names for them. We we call them sleep masks, but yeah, eye mask is 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 another good uh, a good way to describe them. So yeah, it's um I think when we when we were first on the show, we were talking about blue light during the day and blue light in the evenings. And you know, since we last spoke, we were talking more about and looked into a lot more about blue light whilst we sleep. And um, it appears that it has a massive impact on uh, our closed eyes whilst we sleep and melatonin levels. So we produce the remedy sleep mask to give a hundred percent light blocking in that time. So that was sort of a very sort of brief high level reason as to why it's um, now part of our collection, Lacey. Well, we are going to dive deep into that. I want to dive really deep into fertility, which I think everybody listening knows is a huge topic of mine because we've been trying to conceive for four years loosely now, but I do like to still educate. And then I also want to talk about skin, which I think will play into exactly that nighttime education for us with blue light. But before we start with that, will you just give us a quick brief overview for the person who's tuning in for the first time of why they need to care about blue light? Yeah, I think that's a really fantastic place to start a a little bit of a recap on blue light. So for the first time listeners and maybe people that want a little bit of a refresher on blue light, there's there's two sources of blue light in our lives. And um, one of um, the sources is natural. So it comes from the sun. And in the sun, blue light basically works to to regulate hormones during the day. So it keeps, you know, your cortisol levels firing, which is essential during the day for making us feel alert and awake and alive. It keeps dopamine levels functioning, which is, you know, the reward system in the brain, making us feel good and happy. And serotonin, which is a neurotransmitter, is regulated by the sun as well. So, you know, that's the real positive effects of of blue light from from the sun. And the reason the sun is has these positive hormonal effects is because it's not just blue light that's present. They also have all the other colors of light. So think of a rainbow, all those different colors, you know, like reds, ambers, um, orange, yellows, greens, blues, all those colors working in unison with blue sort of at the lower end of the spectrum makes all these things happen for us during the day, like feel alert, feel happy, feel awake. Now, on the opposite side, we have artificial light. So these are things like, you know, if you work in an office and you have lights in there, like you know, overhead lights or lamps, maybe the the light in your home, maybe, you know, from digital devices, such as your laptop, your your phone, you know, your fridge has a light in it. All these lights are very high in blue light. But what where they differ from the sun is that they're very minimal in the other colors. So they have a lot of blue light and very little of the other colors. Now, the reason blue light during the day 
from artificial sources is bad is because we're bombarding our eyes with one frequency of light, which is blue, which really causes a, a negative effect both you know, on the uh, sort of cell structure of the eye. So it causes digital eye strain, like sore, dry, itchy eyes. But it can also um, dysregulate hormones because we're applying too much of one color basically to our to our bodies. Now, the main issue with that is that we now don't really get outside much in the, in the full spectrum light. We're sitting under artificial light all day. So we're just basically bombarding ourselves with blue light, which is causing this damage and hormone dysregulation. Now, after dark, blue light causes a different problem. Because of what I sort of said at the beginning, where blue light keeps us feeling awake and alert and cortisol levels high, after dark, we want the opposite to happen. We want to feel relaxed. We want cortisol levels to drop. We want melatonin levels to increase. And melatonin and cortisol levels can only reduce in the absence of blue and a lot of green light. So if we're coming home from work and it's after sunset, and we switch on our TV or we look at our smartphone or we even just you know, open the fridge to prepare a meal or switch on our house lights, we are going to tell our body that it's daytime still. The light will signal to the brain, say it's daytime, let's keep cortisol levels high, let's suppress melatonin. So people are struggling to sleep because of this. They're also, you know, might get an okay night's sleep, but then they're lacking, you know, restorative deep and REM sleep, which is going to help you know, keep you healthy, keep your hormones functioning well. So what you need to do after dark is you need to eradicate blue and green light to keep your cortisol levels lower, make you feel relaxed and keep melatonin levels high. So we have to have to block those frequencies of light, which is why we wear and you and I wear these, you know, red lens glasses after sunset, because it filters out those damaging frequencies of light. And it's also probably, you know, worthy of me mentioning as well that blue light, whether it's from the sun or whether it's from artificial sources, will actually cause damage to cells in the eye and in the skin. It's just what blue light does. You know, there's always a flip side. So blue light will, you know, it's beneficial for all the reasons I've mentioned, but it's also negative for, you know, disrupting hormones after dark and disrupting sleep. But nature's very, very clever, Lacey. So what happens in the sun is they have very high frequencies of red light and infrared light in the sun, which are healing properties of light. So any damage that may be caused during the day from the sun, the blue light in the sun, is restored by the red light and the infrared light also present in the sun. And as I mentioned earlier, there's no restorative red and also zero invisible infrared light in artificial light sources. So we're bombarding ourselves during the day and after dark with all this artificial blue light causing a lot of damage to our skin and the cells in our eye, not to mention hormone disruption and sleep disruption, but we're getting none of the restorative red and infrared light as well. So this is where it differs, you know, like the sunlight's brilliant because it has the antidote to the problem, whereas artificial light just has the problem. And in the last episode, we went in so deep as to why I think it's a, a big contributor to my endocrine issues. But I really want to talk about I want to lead us into what is happening with us on an aging level, like even just pure vanity when we're in front of our computer screens all day and we aren't, you know, we don't have a scarf around our thyroid even, you know, we just have these glasses protecting, which are doing amazing things for us, especially for our biochemistry and our hormones. But what's going on when we're just exposed to these artificial lights without that infrared indoors most of the day or in front of our screens? 
Yeah, absolutely. That's a fantastic question. And, and one that, you know, my wife takes a very keen interest in and she's done a lot of research herself on, on this. And it sort of drew me in to sort of look into it a little bit more as well recently that, um, you know, for the reasons I sort of mentioned earlier, you know, blue light, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's great for natural sources. Um, but when you're exposing yourself to it in such vast quantities during the day and in the, in the evening, it's causing a lot of cell destruction and inflammation in your skin. There was a study released maybe about four weeks ago now, which basically said and discovered that the skin has its own body clock in essence. And it's, it works independently of our master clock. So our master clock is located behind the, the eyes um, and it's governed by light signals passing through your eyes at various points of the day. Now, what they discovered was the skin has its own clock. So it doesn't matter if you cover your eyes with blue blockers, you know, that that's great for training the master clock, but what it doesn't help is the skin clock. So during the day, the skin senses light signals, which basically tell it it's the daytime and to be active. Yes, there's going to be metabolic processes that are run through the skin that will raise inflammation and maybe cause some, you know, damage to cells. And, and this is, you know, why, why we age because we're, you know, exposing the skin to, you know, not just blue light, but maybe pollutants as well, which can cause, you know, degradation. And then what happens after dark in the absence of blue and green light, the skin then switches its circadian rhythm from an active phase to a deactive recovery phase. So the active phase is more like, you know, just protecting us and making sure these metabolic processes run efficiently. But after dark, it's meant to go into this repair mode where any inflammation that's caused it becomes reduced, any cell damage that's occurred or cell death either get repaired or cleared out. And what we're doing is because we're coming home after dark and switching on lights and exposing our skin to the the artificial blue light, our skin then thinks it's the daytime. So it continues on in this active phase rather than this, you know, recovery and clearance phase. So our skin is living in this sort of perpetual, you know, daytime mode where it's not actually allowing any time for, you know, repair and clearance of, of dead and damaged cells and inflammation. So we're aging quicker as a result of that. And the study also went on to, to hypothesize that, you know, we may be out in the sun all day when it's it's hot. It's going into the summer here now, so UV levels are high. We need UV light for you know various processes, um, such as to charge mitochondria to turn cholesterol into vitamin D. But again, it's the double-edged sword. Too much UV light can cause damage to the skin, to the cells, and then we need that absence of blue and green light and the restorative reds and infrared lights after dark to then be able to restore any of the damage, repair any of the issues caused during the day from that as well. So what we're finding is because we're not allowing our skin enough time to repair itself, it's accelerating aging in, in all of us. Um, and in the worst case scenarios, causing issues like, or could be, I'll caveat that, could be causing issues like, um, you know, melanoma um, and skin cancers, as opposed to, you know, the sun being the sole sort of blamer for those types of issues. And we know LED lights are obviously purely bad because they're purely blue and most of them have flickers, which are really problematic for our hormones and our brain chemistry. But what about the hue lights, for example, like set to red or orange on your phone or your screen? Does this have the same effect? Is just pure blue light? 
No, it doesn't. So the damaging frequencies are blue and green. So when you look at it from an ancestral point of view, you need to think to yourself, you know, what were our ancestors doing? Okay. So after sunset, you know, they wouldn't have any, if very minimal exposure to blues and greens from, from the light spectrum. What they would be exposing themselves to is firelight, which contains the, you know, the yellows, oranges and reds. And these frequencies of light are restorative because they're at the upper end of the light spectrum. They're very low energy. You know, they're not going to excite the body like blue and green light does. So they're very restorative colors. So after sunset, if you've got candles on or if you can dim your lights to, you know, a red, orange or a, a really deep sort of probably not so much yellow because it's you know in artificial lights, there is still some blue and green that make up the, the yellow color given out by the lights. But if you're sticking to orange and reds from your lights and you're going to be fine now you mentioned obviously flicker being an issue and, and that is a really really good point to make that you know you might put yourself a red or an amber light on after dark and we like an incandescent for example yeah so incandescent wouldn't flicker um oh, so okay. that's yeah so that's completely fine what flickers is led lights so if you've got a you know, your standard LED light bulb, whether it's red, orange, blue, green, pink, whatever color it may be, it's going to flicker. And it's interesting you mention it as well, because we're very, very close to inventing a light bulb from an LED source <gasps> that doesn't flicker. What? Um, you guys in the company? Yes. Whoa. Oh my God. So we have um, an engineer that's, that's worked very hard on this. And we were working with a guy in the US called Brian Hoyer who is very close to you know, people like Luke Story, Justin Stellman over there that are very big in the biohacking community. And he's a building biologist. So he has all the equipment. I think it's like twenty dollars or $30,000 worth of equipment that no one really could, could afford unless it's part of their business that can actually test flicker in, in LED lights. I think we were going to have him to our new Topanga house to like do the full EMF down. Like, yeah, I think I'm going to. It's going to be safer inside than outside. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we've got an agreement with him that we'll develop this light bulb, but because we're so evidence-based and we only want optimal, we're sending them to him to test with his equipment, which he's kindly agreed to do. We've sent him um, sent him light bulbs and um, he's tested them. We've got them down to, we've reduced 99% of the flicker so far, but it's not good enough for us. So we keep going back to the drawing board and keep changing the circuits in, in these LED lights. And we're pretty certain we're going to get 100% flicker free. We just have to allow the... Uh, the brains of the business um, in the engineering side to actually, you know, work on this and, and take that time. So we've been doing this for about nine months, started at 100% flick, and we've got it down to about 1%. So we're, we're getting there, Lacey. And it's um, definitely something that um, will be in our product line very soon as well. So, you know, people can enjoy the benefits of LED lights and, you know, how long they last, you know, like 5,000 hours, as opposed to, you know, buying the non-flicker incandescents that when I use them here in Australia, I don't know what they're like in the US, but they literally last about a week and then I'm replacing light bulbs all the time. So yeah, it will be, it will be good to have. But I guess going back to the, the flicker, the flicker side of things, yes, it, it will just, it's, it's so bad for the endocrine system, but high rapid flicker rate of LED lights, which has been implemented as a cost saving mechanism on, on energy efficiency by, by companies is actually when you film these lights in slow motion on your iPhone or something like that, um, you can actually see it pulsing. And it's that pulsing of, of that non-native EMF of, of light that can really, you know, mess up your hormones um, just as badly as, as light exposure at the wrong times of day. 
it's it's one that we yeah really need to be cognizant of. Um, my TV recently was thrown out because I, I decided to video it in in slow mo, and you know I had a feeling it was flickering because I just you know I had had my glasses on and um, you know still feel really fatigued after wearing them and i tested the tv and it was it was a joke how much it was flickering it was just even in slow-mo the rapid amount of flicker that we were seeing was um was crazy and and, and we got rid of that got a new tv in that you know didn't flicker as much i think it sort of reduced by a very very huge portion and um yeah just just felt liberated and felt great afterwards so yeah that's something that people need to bear in mind that you know the flicker effect of, of your LED lights is going to have a massive impact on your hormones. And, you know, the best thing to do in the interim is to seek out incandescent bulbs. Halogen is, is not too bad as well, although they can be quite bright. So it really depends if, if you can find a dimmable one of those, but try and avoid LED lights um, where you can, unless, you know, you find one that's out there that's zero flicker. But to be fair, I don't think there is one that's, that's zero at the moment. All right. So I want to continue on with that. That was a great point to leave off on. And I just want to backtrack because I know that we definitely mentioned this in the last podcast, but going back to the whole, you know, like I always keep my phone on the red shade. I do. Well, not all the time, like high noon, I I let it be what it is. But so for any type of hacks, have you learned new ones or the best thing to have on your computer as an app or a program to at least shift some of that blue light yeah absolutely so there's two programs that are out there that, that are okay none of them are, are perfect um but you know that they're, they're ones that can you know really help improve the amount of exposure to to blue light but also reduce the flicker down so you've got two so you've got something called flux which a lot of people use um, it's a free app that you can install on your laptop or your computer and it will reduce down blue light however you want to, to reduce it down but what it doesn't reduce down is is flicker. Now, this was why I always use Iris. So Iris is another downloadable software. And I think it's about maybe $10 or $20 for a lifetime subscription to this app. You download it and it completely eliminates flicker from your computer screen as well as reducing blue light. So wow. what, yeah, it's really good. It's well worth looking at that. It's like a Bulgarian guy that invented it and it's it's fantastic. And he's also got an app if anyone has an Android that can get that software on that as well. So yeah, I think it's if, if you have a Samsung or something like that, I think it's fine. It doesn't quite work for the iPhone. In terms of your phone, the best hack is a three-pronged approach. Um, and it sounds like you're doing this at, at the moment, Lacey. So after dark, you want your iPhone screen to be pure red. There's a blog on our website that shows people how to do that. It's quite easy to do. I've only figured out how to do it for the iPhone, but I believe there may be some people that are working on trying to get it done for the Samsung, but I'm an iPhone guy. So um, I only really had a look at that. So that's basically a, a hack that eliminates 100% of all light coming from the phone, except for red, which is perfect for after dark because it's, you know, the healing properties of light and it's not going to affect your, you know, your skin or your thyroid or, or your circadian rhythms. During the morning and all the way through to noon, I have my phone on night shift mode. So night shift mode probably reduces blue light down by about 85%. There's a YouTube video I did testing it. So, you know, as much as Apple have released this really cool sort of hack, it's really not good for night shift mode because there's still blue light coming out of it. So it's not good for after dark. But during the day, it's good because it takes out a lot of the damaging blue light that when we're holding our phone, you know, close to our face, 
you know, a lot less blue light that could be damaging our thyroid. It could be aging our skin. So that's worth doing. I take it off night mode around about that solar noon um, time because that is the exact color temperature of what light comes out of our phone. So there's no no reason really to have the night shift mode on there. Um, and then I put night shift mode on probably again around about sort of 1, one thirty in the afternoon until it turns red again in the evening. So that's the best way to do ah. um, hacks. And we'll have to reach out just a note to, you know, uh, the editors to get those links from you. Cause yes. that'll be so helpful. Absolutely. Cause it's all so easy to do, which, you know, once you set it up, it's a click of a few buttons and away you go. And you can even set timers on for it to these, these apps to come on and off at specific times as well. So you don't have to manually do it, um, all day, every day, which is, which is really helpful. What's really um, important as well is you can do all these amazing hacks with technology. And, you know, we're firm believers that technology is amazing. If we didn't have technology, I wouldn't be able to have this conversation with you right now. But, you know, we need to just take these preventative measures against, you know, the, the EMFs that are coming out of the laptop, the blue lights coming out of the laptop, the flicker, et cetera, from, you know, not just the laptop, but other sources. But we've also got to remember as well is that our body craves natural light. So, you know, even if we can only get out at three points during the day, you know, there's no excuse that people can't get out in the morning before work. You know, if daylight savings is coming in and it's dark by the time you get to work, you can still, you know, pop out when the sun's rising to, to go and see it. Which has so the most that, red light. It does. Like yes. Infrared. And, yeah. Yes. And infrared, which is, which is fantastic for building things called melanin in the skin. It's also great for entraining your circadian rhythm. So hormones produce when they're supposed to produce throughout the rest of the day. The serotonin that's produced is then later used in, in the evening to create melatonin. So, you know, you, you might think to yourself, right, I can just wear blue blocks glasses after dark and I'm going to cure everything and be amazing. It's not the case. You know, this is one very vital tool in a whole host of things that you need to be doing, you know, like the hacks we've just spoken about, about Flickr and, and your laptop, about being outside in the morning, watching that sunrise, solar noon to get, you know, the specific light that's present during that day and then sunset as well, because, you know, it's worth sort of reiterating as well, like we, we spoke about on the first podcast that we recorded is, is that light sends messages. So, the sunlight isn't the same throughout the day. Every hour, the composition of invisible and visible frequencies changing. And it is those frequencies of light that pass through your eyes, which tells your body what time of day it is and what types of hormones to suppress and what type of hormones to secrete. And if we're not getting that light at various intervals during the day from the sun, we're just getting one message from artificial light throughout the day, which is it's solar noon. That's all it is. Our body just is perpetually living in a phase where it thinks it's solar noon all the time. So you're only going to get the hormones produced optimally at solar noon throughout the whole point of the day, which is ultimately cortisol. And when cortisol is kept elevated 24 seven, which is what's happening in today's world, then this can contribute to, you know, feelings of stress, anxiety, depression, low mood. You guys are going into winter now. And I mean, you know, people can tell from my accent, that I'm British and I know all about seasonal affective disorder and how, you know, darker days with not so much sun, sunshine, more time spent indoors under blue light is causing an overload of cortisol, not enough dopamine being produced, which is a, a vicious cocktail to, you know, really, you know, cause resistance to cortisol, which is going to then, you know, really damage, you know, our feelings of well-being and happiness and, and make us feel really low and down and depressed, which, you know, can be easily counterbalanced by, you know, 
appropriate light hygiene techniques with artificial light, as, as we've discussed, by wearing blue light glasses that filter light during the day, wearing blue blockers, that are red lenses that block blue and green light after dark, but also getting outside, getting that natural light, which is going to send messages to the brain of like, oh, it's it's 8.23 or, oh, it's 12.34 or, oh, it's 6 p.m. These are the types of hormones I need to release. And it just completely balances the endocrine system. It's so crazy because I'm on this really specific protocol right now to for fertility and my endocrine system, which has been bananas and already so, so effective. But I realized because she's put me both my nutritionist and my naturopath on complete bed rest for three months minimum because I have such low levels of cortisol and I burn so much adrenaline. You know, it's been so ongoing that... I now can really witness what wipes me out the most. And certainly things that are exerting for me are very much so, but it's actually scrolling through my phone that exhausts me the most. It like just pumps so much adrenaline and cortisol yeah. out of my body. And it's been crazy to witness how much I have to be fully off screens if I want to heal. And it's all because of what we're talking about. Even when I'm taking a lot of these precautions or I have my yellow glasses on during the day and certainly my red at night and all of my different filters on my phone, it still cracks me out because of the flickering. It's yeah, it's it's so true and, and the flickering is, is so bad and it's it's opening when you, you you say that you know you found that root cause of what's causing these issues and, and I completely agree and it's so happy that you've you know found out that this you know this the, the scrolling through the phone that's causing the issues and you know it's a really an interesting one and I'm always you know I started my research many many years ago in, in the nutritional side of things and when you look at I guess how nutrition can impact hormones so for instance if you become insulin resistant by eating a lot of you know refined carbohydrates and sugar for instance your body then has a major issue producing insulin which is the hormone that's needed to regulate you know blood sugar levels the same is true with cortisol and blue light you know if you're bombarding yourself with blue light 24 7 like we all have been um we're going to become resistant in that specific hormone which is cortisol so you're going to have a hard time over time you know producing it or you're just going to go into a spiral of producing too much of it so you know these things are, are reversible with the correct you know management so if you you become insulin resistant then you cut out um, a lot of refined carbohydrates and you eat a diet maybe that's higher in protein, vegetables and, um, and fats. And that then fixes it and allows you to, um, you know, regulate those, that, that specific hormone in insulin. And the same is true with blue light. You know, you need to detox from the blue light in order to re-regulate the cortisol hormonal cycle and circadian rhythm. And the only way to do that is to refrain from, you know, utilizing, you know, your, your computer, your, your phone in the modes that they're, you know, manufactured to, to, to release tons of blue light and, and take the precaution, which is covering the skin, wearing the blue light blockers, not using your phone perhaps as much for the scrolling, reducing flicker. Um, and then all these things over time will, um, you know, re-regulate those, those cortisol cycles. But, you know, it's like anything, it, it just takes time. And, you know, it's just, it's brilliant to, to hear that, you know, you've identified that problem, you're taking these hacks and steps to fix it. And over time, everything will re-regulate again and, and you'll be um, in, a much, in a much better place from that point of view. I totally agree. And thank you for sharing that information. What are the other junk light, you know, polluters in our house we might not even be aware of that we're exposing oh, yeah. ourselves to? I love this question because so many people say, right, when, when we sort of do our educational posts and blogs, 
there's always a handful of people that are just like, well, I have night shift mode on my phone and I have Iris on my computer. So I don't need to wear, um, I don't need to wear your glasses. I don't, I don't need to cover my skin because I've got that sorted. So I put a post out the other day and I'm going to, I'm going to bring it out because it's, it was so interesting how many different sources of, of blue light there actually is present, um, in, in the home. I can't find it out, but I'll, I'll reel it off. Um, so let's um, let's go through. So you've got the obvious sources. You've got your smartphone, lots of blue light. You've got your laptop or your desktop computer, lots of blue light. You've got um, your TV. Um, that's another major source, your house lights. Um, if they're LED, if you, right? If they're LED, yes, absolutely. Um, but there still is a portion of blue light present right. in incandescent as well. Um, just not as much. So it's not going to have as much as an impact as, as LED and fluorescent lights. If you have a dishwasher in your house or you have a microwave, which I hope no one does have, but Me too. You know, we're in the 21st Please. century. Yeah. <laughs> um, some people may have it in. Number one, throw it out. Number yes. two, if you've got it, it gives out blue lights as, as long as, but that would probably be the least of your worries from the other nonsense that's, that's in it. Totally. So like dish, yeah. <laughs> what else is that? Um, your, your oven. A lot of ovens have lights. So if you open your oven door, there's a light in there, a lot of blue light. Your fridge is the, and freezer are the worst offenders because the light in there is a very high intensity LED light. And, you know, the skeptics amongst us would, would say that, you know, putting blue light uh, or putting an LED light source in a fridge, which raises dopamine levels is quite a clever thing to do. I'm, I'm not uh, pointing at, um, you know, LG or um, Samsung <laughs> for, uh, for any for sort of, um, yeah, yeah, for marketing yeah, yeah. here, but you've got to be mindful of that. Um, I know some some really clever biohackers have um, taken out their fridge light and taken it into their hardware store and said, have you got a red light version of this, which they do. And then they've got red light in their fridge, which was really clever. Other sources of light is a lot of us have like home security. So like, you know, burglar alarms and things like that. Those normally pulse out green light, which is very damaging to, to our hormones after, after dark. Also you've got a charger. Yeah, your MacBook. Yeah, absolutely. Your MacBook charger. Um, or, or if you have the old one. Yes. Yeah. So if you've got internet in your house, which obviously everyone will these days, if you look at your, I call it a router, but I guess you guys call it a router in your, in your house, that normally mine flashes green light. So I have um, black tape over it. So I just get like um, electrical tape and cover the little LEDs that are on it. And then you've got some other sources outside the home as well that can shine through your window. So maybe you're sw- you've got a swimming pool and there's lights in that, or maybe the neighbor's got one. Maybe there's street lamps. Maybe there's car headlights that people driving past are shining in through your window. Maybe the neighbors have kept their lights on or have a security light that fl- flicks on every now and again throughout the, um, throughout the evening. So there's so many different sources, sources of artificial light that's always very high in that blue spectrum. So you may think that, you know, by having night shift mode on your phone, which doesn't block all blue light anyway, and having these apps on your digital devices is is going to be helping you. And yeah, it might help you 10%, but there's a lot of other sources of of blue light out there as well. So you just got to look around your home and, and look at anything that's emitting light. And, and appliances are easy to fix because you just, you know, the the, the, mark, the uh, black electrical tape over the lights and, and Bob's your uncle, you fixed it. Brilliant. It's all, all good. But you know, the TV is a huge source as well. And it's worthy of me saying here that because light sends messages to your brain to tell the time of the day, it doesn't matter if the blue light is, you know, just just 1% of that blue light or 100% of that blue light. All it takes is a little bit of that light to pass through the inner retina into the IPRGC cells to tell your body, oh, it's daytime. 
you know it doesn't matter if it's you know you've you're wearing the glasses and you know for three hours before bed but you take them off before bed and expose yourself to blue light you're sending another message to the brain so you know you've got to be just very cognizant that you know within your house you've just got to make that light hygiene environment perfect um and the best thing to do is to go around and identify all the sources that are giving blue light and see if you can fix them you know take cover cover up the appliances as, as we've said change out some of the light bulbs to red maybe blackout you know, switch curtains. off blackout perfect yeah blackout curtains um that's absolutely vital and especially you know not just in your bedroom but you know in any sort of area of your house that you're going to be um dwelling in after after sunset and if you're not sure like like i said on the last show and, and all the other shows that sort of i've been on since is is just reach out to us you know we're here to help we're an educational brand and you know if you want to say oh i've got these things in my house how do i get rid of them or what are the alternatives how do i stop the blue light coming from them then drop us an email jump on the website and the team will answer them and, and tell you how to set up your house um you know for the most optimal light light hygiene purposes so um yeah there's this i'm glad you raised that question basically because there's so many different sources of light and you know once you start actually waking up and, and looking around and being like oh my gosh you know i've got a digital clock for instance um i, I don't personally i'm just sort of hypothesizing like oh my oh my goodness i've got a digital alarm clock it's giving out green light you know get that out of the bedroom get that out of your house and there's so many alternatives that you can do but yeah people need to go around with a notebook and pen and start sort of writing down what's emitting artificial light from their house and, and they'd be very very surprised and shocked I love that. It's so important. I mean, even at the house, the forest retreat house, we talked about this on the last episode, but we purposely put out blackout shades, even though you're in the pure forest in every room, incandescent lighting. I found a stove like the wolf stove because it didn't have a clock. You have to manually turn on the light. It's just like as much as you can do preemptively when you're designing your space is so important as well. Um, and then I love the old, you know, the duct tape on top of, yeah. it's not duct, but that electrical tape on top of things is great. And it, it blends in just fine if it's black, you know, appliance or, or something, but yeah, that's absolutely. fantastic. Yeah, no, it's really good hacks. And I'm, I'm glad you're, you, you've done that as well. Cause even in these sort of more remote secluded places that there still is that, that, that blue light gets in and then you need to take those hacks to, to prevent it. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not just the prevention. It's also what you add into your house as well. So, you know, if you are lucky enough to have, you know, like an open fire or a stove, a wood burner, you know, these are fantastic sources of, of soothing red light after dark. Or, or maybe if you don't have that, let's, get some really sort of good quality candles i use beeswax candles because same I, I can't yeah it's brilliant isn't it i, I can't yeah. use the uh, the other ones too many chemicals in them oh so. yeah and the the scent and everything which is yeah. people don't realize essential oils they start to emit a pos positive ion they don't have the heat combustion so they're burning these like soy candles with these you know different essential oils in them and it's actually turning to carcinogen like toxic Toxin, um, yeah. so just go straight up beeswax candles it's so yeah. healing it you know takes all the allergies out of the room you know it gives off the negative ion it's just so so medicinal yeah absolutely and and the the light is, is so different from it as well i love just the, the sort of intense sort of you know ambers and, and reds and, and yellows that come from from a beeswax when you actually uh, start using those as, as opposed to the um you know man-made chemical laden laden ones you're actually 
I, I personally feel more relaxed. It may, may be the light. It may be the, you know, the negative ions. It may be that it doesn't flicker as much. Maybe the smell of, of honey that's um, going through through my room as well. So, you know, it's 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 really really good um, a good hack that. And I like beeswax as well because in Australia they're not readily available. So I have to buy them from like farmers markets and local oh, people wow. that have made them. So, yeah, literally can't get them anywhere unless you go down to the local um, the local farmers market and um, or you know the sort of craft markets uh, I think they they call them um, over here where you go and it's all handmade stuff by sort of local people so you know that's really good as well that you know you know personally for myself I know where it's coming from and I'm, I'm giving back to small businesses as well which is something that's that sort of resonates with myself too. And so important. And as just an interesting fact to, you know, sort of extend on your point earlier about the ambers and the candlelight and it, that it obviously signals melatonin production. I actually have one by my bed every night. You know, I, I actually do try to stay away from sc- screens as, at night as much as possible. It's harder at these for us, you know, in the Northern hemisphere where we have the the lights going down at four, four thirty. But um, yeah. I do always have that beeswax candle by me, or a couple, and it's crazy. I literally cannot stay awake when they're next to my bed. So if I'm having trouble sleeping in the middle of the night, I'll pop one on next to my bed, and it'll start to put me to sleep again because I think it really does trigger that uh, melatonin release. Yeah, absolutely. It's it certainly does, and you know. Campfires were, were great for our ancestors because they not only provided warmth, but they provided security. So we would have slept by them. Um, it would have happened and, um, you know, it would have warded off, you know, dangerous animals that might want to, to have eaten us. So it makes sense that we evolved under these conditions. And, you know, by recreating them in our modern environment, we're going to go back to, you know, cultivating our ancestral brain and, and hormone patterns, which we've evolved to, to do, but we've you know, in the recent years, we've devolved from this uh, natural sort of evolutionary pattern and, and expose ourselves to, to not enough red, but just far too much blue and green lights. And, uh, you know, having these red lights close to you while whilst you sleep or, um, you know, in the evenings is, is really going to elevate the, the production of melatonin, which isn't just the sleep hormone. You know, it's, it's great to, to get you into those deep restorative sleeps, but it's the most powerful antioxidant that we can produce. Oh, um, wow. And there's, there's absolutely... Um, so much clarity when when I, I read this in in some peer-reviewed clinical studies how powerful an antioxidant is as, as to why it's no coincidence that it's produced after dark because when we go to sleep we're going into that rest restore restoration clear out mode where you know any kind of waste product or inflammation is cleared out after dark and it's melatonin that does this it's, it's actually a potent free radical and reactive oxygen species scavenger. So it, the way it works when we sleep is it goes through the body cleaning up any damage or inflammation during the day that's come from maybe pollutants, maybe it's come from blue light, maybe it's come from just general metabolic processes, which which can you know cause some, some degree of inflammation and um, maybe it's come from some, some bad food we've eaten, et cetera. So melatonin is, is vitally important as, as an antioxidant. Um, and the more of it we can produce by blocking blue and green light after dark and, and blue light proofing our homes and, and managing it during the day, the, the more we produce, the, the healthier we're going to be and, and the sort of more disease-free we're going to be. When you actually look at melatonin in the clinical studies and peer-reviewed academic literature, people that have pretty much any disease that is that isn't, you know, like the passable from person to person so things like you know metabolic disease like heart disease um, neurological diseases yeah autoimmune things (laughs) like that 
they all have low two things in common. They have low vitamin D levels and low melatonin levels. Every single study shows this, literally every single one. So it's people that aren't getting enough sunlight and getting too much blue light exposure because not enough sunlight equals low vitamin D and not enough, uh, sorry, and too much blue light means low melatonin levels. So, you know, we can see where the problem is here. People need to get outside more and get natural light and also cover up and block blue and green light after dark. And you'll see a lot of these, you know, autoimmune and cardiovascular and neurological diseases decline very quickly. So I'm quickly interrupting this episode to invite you if you're ready to start your manifestation journey or if anything you've heard in our manifestation episodes has piqued your interest to begin. We have a la carte workshops in everything from the basics bundle, which is what we recommend to everyone who starts. It's the formula that actually teaches you how to manifest, unblocked inner child and unblocked shadow. We also have a la carte workshops on love and money. But the real gem is the Pathway membership because it encompasses every single workshop we have. It's a year-long membership with full access to the few a la carte offerings we have and exclusive workshops not available anywhere else, such as the daily practice, which is what everybody in the Pathway uses, hopefully at least three times a week to daily in order to truly create the new neural pathways that one needs in order to manifest and houses the library of our deep imaginings, which is our unique hypnosis process that allows you to get into your subconscious and overwrite those old neural pathways, creating the new ones. You can use our special code EXPANDED, all caps, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D, to receive $20 off your first a la carte workshop purchase or $20 off your first month of the pathway. Again, that's all caps, EXPANDED, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D. Okay, now back to the episode. interesting thing and this is a total tangent but ancestrally as well people don't realize i think that especially infrared light right that's one of the most healing lights we can have access to and i think waves is that what i call it essentially people don't realize that it's an invisible you know spectrum it like basically sets into rocks and the earth cuz it's heating up throughout the day and then in the evening we would be on those you know we'd be barefoot or we'd yep. be sleeping and that's where we would get that natural infrared that's healing our body in the evenings along with the campfire so this is a great way i've been totally the moment you sent uh, me to try the new you know night mask the eye mask yes. which is I think fantastic. I actually, even though we have a code, <laughs> I'm so stupid. <laughs> we have a code to you and you know, everybody can enjoy that code. I give it in the intro of this podcast. I, I went to go buy two more because I like to keep one for myself at the forest house and one for travels that I always keep in my Rimawa. And I was such an idiot and didn't use the code, but that's Aww. how much I loved it. You know, <laughs> I was like, I, I want to support you guys and get it. And Aww. it to me is phenomenal. I don't know if people really get it, but they're essentially blackout goggles. That's what they are because yeah. there's no pressure around the eyes. And I'm somebody who has consumed so many eye masks at night because I always sleep with them. But this one, tell us about the brilliance of it and then go please into why we need a completely blacked out space, not just covered with our eyes with the tool, but also our bodies for what you were just talking about with melatonin. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I guess like my mantra has always been that, you know, when it comes to R&D for products, we take the James Dyson model. So Dyson, for those that everyone probably will know who, who James Dyson is, but he took an idea, which was the vacuum cleaner, and he found problems with it and he optimized it. And he does this with all the products. So that's always been my sort of mantra with with light management is finding an existing product like blue light glasses have been around for for years, you know, people were wearing them in the 80s and, and we improve them and optimize them and make them absolutely perfect in line with academic science. Yeah, tell so, people that they're one of the only science-backed, they, they're totally science-backed that they're 100% yeah. blue light blocking of all of the, the ones that exist out there, right? Absolutely, yeah. So we've had them independently tested um, with lab-grade spectrometers and we've also tested a lot of our competitions as well and, and they don't even come close to what ours block. So, you know, some be, a lot of companies will, won't block enough. Some other companies will block too much, which will impair your vision. So we've found by reading countless studies on pretty much every study on how blue light impacts melatonin. And we found the, the exact range of light that needs to be blocked after sunset, which was between 400 and 550 nanometers. So we worked with an optics lab here in Australia to create a specific lens that blocked 100% in that range and then let light in outside of that range so we don't impair vision. And what our competitors do is they just get these, these sort of orange tints from China from a factory and get them shipped over and they sort of block maybe about 90% of the blue light. But as we mentioned earlier, the eye doesn't care if it's, you know, 90% or, you know, 1%, it has to be 100%. So we didn't want, you know, these things being made in sort of dirty factories. We, we wanted them being made under three tiered QC conditions in an Australian optics lab. So that's why we do prescription glasses as well, reading glasses and, you know, the, the quality of the lens itself is high grade CR39 um, material, which is like the highest grade optical lens you can actually get as well. So the clarity is just just phenomenal. So I guess sort of moving on, moving back to the, the sleep mask. So what we found with sleep masks was they had two problems. Okay. So from reading the academic literature, it was very clear that even a fraction of light that hits your eyes whilst you sleep from blue or green light sources. So it could be from a car headlight, could be your partner getting up to use the bathroom in the night and switching the light on. It could be from other ambient sources in your bedroom, maybe street lamps, maybe neighbor's headlights. Even a fraction of that light hitting your eyes was enough to stop melatonin production, completely suppress it. And melatonin production peaks at 2 a.m. So you need to ensure that whilst you sleep, melatonin production is still um, being produced. So we found that with Every single sleep mask out there, light would pass in maybe under the nose, maybe through the top. Um, they would slip off during the night and, and really be kind of obsolete for light blocking. And, and the literature is very clear, 100% light had to be blocked. So the second problem with sleep masks we found was what didn't sit right with me is, is the pressure it placed on my eyes. So Same. I did some That's always yeah. been my problem. Or they're too loose when they stretch yes. out. Absolutely. Yes. So yeah, two, two major issues there, either they're too loose or, you know, they're placing pressure on the eye. And when you actually look at placing pressure on your eye over um, long periods of time through sleeping, um, even if you're a belly sleeper, actually, it, it can be an issue. You can actually develop eye pressure related problems. And one of those things was um, one of those issues was glaucoma. So we were like, well, we don't want to be damaging our, our eyeballs and, and getting these types of diseases later on in life. So we developed this, this sleep mask. Again, it, was, it took about six months of R&D, but we wanted to get it perfect where you get this sort of like almost like a blindfold. Um, and then on there is two little sort of Velcro buttons um, as, as, as I 
can't think of a better word to describe it. Out, Velcro strips, there you go. And then on this strip, you have two eye cavities. And they're like almost like donuts, but not completely. Like, they don't completely go through. And they're like soft these... goggles, but without yeah. any light coming through them. Exactly. And then you can position them on this Velcro strip, however you want. So if you know everyone's face is very different, you know eyes are a different width apart. And we know this from working with an optics lab because when you order prescription glasses, you have to ask for something called a pupillary distance, which is the distance between your two pupils, and that ranges from people that have. 55 millimeters all the way up to about 75 millimeters so you know we had to create this sleep mask where you can actually peel off these um these goggle sort of um inserts and then move them how you want it on the sleep mask so you can position them to achieve 100 percent blackout and then we developed this strap that we found that because you mentioned earlier that you know over time or just in general they can the elasticated backs can become very loose and worn so we took elastic out of it and we just put velcro on the back so you can actually just tighten it as much as you want so some people like it really tight some people like it loose so you can actually allow yourself to you know tighten it however you want to, to provide the amount of light blocking you want but yeah so we we've created this um this incredible product called remedy that is 100% light blocking it's zero eye pressure so you can open your eyes yep, whilst wearing I do that sleeper. It's the best, like when I can't sleep, I'll just stick it on and I'll just think with them because I often wake up in the middle of the night for like 30 minutes to an hour sometimes because of endocrine stuff. But yeah, I'll just sit there and I'll think and I don't have any pressure because I don't know about you, but I'm the type of person when my eyes are closed for too long, they start to hurt when I'm not sleeping. So I can actually just keep them open under there until I drift back to sleep. That's awesome. That's so good to hear. And there's so many other uses um, for it as well, like not just sleep, like it's great for travel because on airplanes, you know, even on the night flights, they they dim the lights, they don't completely turn them off. So you can put that on. And um, for deep imaginings you know, for the people that do our work, they're fantastic. Yeah, you beat me, beat me to it on that one. I, I use it all the time for my like um, mindfulness, my manifestations. Yeah. Um, it's just great because I like to do them during the day and I personally like i find that i can get sort of deeper imaginings um and i guess feelings of well-being when i'm in a completely dark situation doing those practices yeah i know a lot of people like look to the sky or you know can do it with their eyes open i just find it way too distracting so you know it works so well for me and there's like deep touch pressure therapy as well that's a lot of people have said that they've used it for where they tied it quite tight around their head and it's um because it's not putting pressure on the eye it's putting pressure around the temples and the um eyebrows um it actually provides sort of a lot of relief from maybe a tension headache or maybe if people are feeling stressed and you know one thing that i used to suffer from i haven't touched wood for many years now because i've sorted out my light environment is is migraines Uh. and so many people love the sleep mask for migraines so for instance it's not going to prevent a migraine but when you have a migraine people become photosensitive and you know you get these flashing lights in your eyes and you know any kind of light whether it's sunlight or any any artificial light it really really hurts people's eyes so if you just want you know half an hour away from it to try and recover from a migraine you're going to get complete blackout you can open your eyes as well within it and really sort of help soothe your migraines you know it's not going to prevent them but you know it's a good aid to help soothe the um, aftermath of of those those horrible things and what about the hormonal effect? Like, let's get into the fertility component of blue light in general. Yes. So there is so much to speak about on this. And it's something I um, I blogged about recently. Um, I saw it come through in my inbox. I was like, oh, we've got to talk about this. 
Yeah, absolutely. So basically, we were talking a little bit earlier about melatonin. Melatonin is released to or related low levels of melatonin are related to all cause um, issues when it comes to, um, you know, when we mentioned earlier about um, these sort of metabolic type and, and autoimmune type diseases. And it actually has been shown in several studies that low melatonin levels are also linked to um, infertility. So there's about sort of 6 million American women currently that have difficulty getting pregnant and, and struggle with their infertility. When you actually look at the literature, circadian rhythms and clock gene expression are basically involved in successful reproduction cycles, pregnancy, mating, um, you know, menstrual cycles, etc. Alterations or disruptions of those biological rhythms are linked to really severe disruptions in reproductive function. Um, so these impairments can include things like, you know, altered hormone secretion patterns, you know, reduced conception rates, but also increased miscarriage rates as well. But what's really interesting is it's not just melatonin and having a disrupted melatonin circadian rhythm and secretion pattern, but there's also a few other hormones that come into play as well that all run on light, dark cycles and circadian rhythms. Now, one of them is estrogen. So it plays a huge role in the reproductive systems of women, as, as we know. And it actually has been shown in, in clinical studies, um, estrogen, to modify clock genes in the reproductive system. So what this means is if your estrogen levels become too high. Which I am. I'm overestrogenic. Right. Um, or too low or run on a mismatched circadian oscillation, they will impact the clock genes in the reproductive system. Now, what this can lead to is issues such as um, PCOS, so your polycystic ovary syndromes, which is one of the leading causes of infertility in, in women as well. So, you know, you've got to look at, you know, how to regulate, I guess, not just melatonin, but estrogen. If it's too high, you need to be taking sort of natural ways to, to reduce that. I mean, I'm not a naturopath or a doctor, um, so I couldn't really comment on I guess, how to lower that or how to increase that. But definitely if, if you're on the low or the high side, that could be contributing to, you know, the struggles with, with, with pregnancy. Going back to the, I guess, the PCOS issue, there's another hormone called prolactin, which is basically the hormone that's utilized in the production of, of breast milk. Um, and this can actually influence fertility as well in women. Um, and I can link this blog as well, by the way, guys, um, after the, the show and in the show notes that has all the studies that We'd love that. I'm talking to talking about. So it's not just me sort of just going off on a tangent. It's, it's yeah, all backed up by clinical studies. So um, pro prolactin influences fertility in women. So basically, if their clock genes are disrupted, they can, they can again, increase that risk of the PCOS um, and also disrupt normal ovulation. So you can have like a regular ovulation if prolactin's messed up. Now, it's really interesting because prolactin, as with most other hormones linked with the reproductive health, um, so estrogen being one of the melatonin, they're secreted at higher levels after dark and during sleep and is actually suppressed by inadequate sleep. So what causes inadequate sleep is that exposure to blue and green light after dark, and which you know suppresses these types of hormones. Another interesting study that came out as well, it was quite a while ago, was on menstruation and disrupted circadian rhythms actually disrupt menstruation. So they did this study where they took general sort of women from the population that worked, you know, the standard nine to five job, and they compared them with female shift workers. And what they found was the shift workers had a much higher rate of menstrual irregularity and also longer menstrual cycles as well. So, you know, working, if you're working shift work, so say you're working as a nurse, um, which is a beautiful um, job to be, be doing, but you're working night shifts, 
um, or maybe as a firewoman or, or something like that, you're actually going to leave yourself susceptible to, to irregular periods and um, menstrual cycles. And it's also not just it's not just women that have this issue as well. It's actually a major issue with men as well. You know, I've, I've talked a little bit about the female hormones and, and how they're disrupted by you know poor sleep blue and green light after dark but you know it takes two to tango i think the, the saying goes and um you know you've got to look at male fertility as well so again the studies are showing that as with women melatonin is is the major controller of reproductive hormones in men if you have low levels of melatonin brought about by exposure to blue and green light after dark um you're going to have lower levels of of sex hormones in males and what the literature was suggesting that disrupted circadian rhythms in men have been shown to increase both sperm quality and quantity. So there was a really interested, interesting study that showed that men that slept too much or not enough, so people that sleep too much or not enough is a sign of a disrupted circadian rhythm, were 42% less likely to conceive with their partner. So if you've got um, you know, a partner that's you know, sleeping too much or not sleeping and much complaining about their sleep, then that could be a major cause in, into maybe that any conception issues that you may be, may be facing. There is also a lot of studies out there on testosterone. So testosterone is, is obviously the main sex hormone as estrogen is in women, but testosterone for men. So low levels of testosterone has always been shown to produce lower sperm counts. That's sort of a given. I think a lot of people would, would understand that. But the two biggest factors that impact testosterone production in men is chronic stress which is your disrupted cortisol clock, as we've mentioned uh, earlier, you know, either too much cortisol secreted because there's too much blue light, too much stress in, in someone's life, but also poor sleep, which is a disruption of your master clock. There was a really interesting study as well that, that came out. Um, there's going to be a lot of extracurricular reading for people after, after this talk. Um, yeah, I'm ready to dig <laughs> in. I'm like, man, I, I like for Max, he's fucked yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. You can put him on his new regimen. So here's, here's an interesting study. So the quality and quantity of sperm basically has its own circadian rhythm as well. So the production of sperm has its own circadian rhythm, which is just fascinating to me. Um, independent of the master clock. So basically, the recent academic literatures have shown um, in this one study that semen that was collected before 7.30 a.m. had a much higher sperm count and concentration than compared with semen collected later in the day. So the best time to try and conceive is going to be the morning time upon wakening. You know, and a lot Yeah, I've of, just read that for men. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. So I, I would assume at nighttime, melatonin's highest at nighttime. That would be the time to, to try and reproduce. But actually, it's the morning for men. It's, it's, you know, that early morning upon waking, 7.30 is probably daylight savings aside, the time of day that the sun would be coming up. So, you know, I think that's probably the time to, to try if, if people are just maybe trying in the evenings or other times during the day, maybe just try and switch it to the mornings. Um, and this was fascinating as well. And you've probably read this in the, in the blog I wrote as well, that seasonal, like seasons have an effect on quality and quantity of sperm in, in humans as well. And it shows that sperm count actually increases dramatically during the spring and then starts to decline during the summer. And again, makes complete sense because, you know, spring is that sort of season of rebirth and oh, you know, yeah. all the birds and the bees are, are all the know, lambing season. Birth and the lambs. Yeah. yeah. So it makes complete sense that, you know, if you're going to probably have a better um, chance of conception 
you know, around the springtime, you know, and, and so morning time in the spring is, is the time to do it. There's also one other thing that's actually impacting fertility in men. And that is something that I didn't realize until I wrote this blog and was reading through the, the clinical studies. There's something that's produced in men called anti-sperm antibody. So it's called ASA. So what this does is it, it's just this counterproductive hormone that's sort of secreted that, that actually destroys sperm in, in men, which is really, really bizarre. But what a recent study found was that men who fall asleep past midnight had a much higher anti-sperm antibody ASA level than those who went to bed between 10 and midnight. So the people that are going to bed earlier are going to have less of this sort of sperm-destroying antibody in their um, in their systems. So they're going to have obviously higher sperm counts and, and better conception rates. And the group that went to sleep post midnight also recorded lower sperm counts and lower rates of sperm survival than the group that went early to bed. So if you're a night owl and your husband or, or partner is going to bed later, you know, past midnight, you may want to try and and get them up watching the sunrise in the morning, re-entraining their circadian rhythm and try and get them in bed, you know, between, you know, 9 and 11 p.m. at night rather than post-midnight. And that may actually reduce the the ASA levels in their blood, which, you know, could be leading to um, some difficulty in, in conceiving and increase your chances. There's a few more bits and pieces actually to talk about on on fertility as well. And that's one of them is being reproductive health. Countless studies out there that show that women that develop breast cancer have very low levels of melatonin. So, you know, if you're worried about that kind of thing, maybe it runs in the family, maybe it doesn't, but you just want to put prevention in place that you want to be covering up your skin at, at night. If you've got blue lights, artificial LED lights in your house, wearing your blue light blocking glasses. But it's also very interesting that melatonin is actually produced in very high levels in women in the ovary and placenta. Then the reason it's produced in very high quantities in those regions is that the cellular damage and oxidative stress in those regions is always very high in women. And as we mentioned earlier, melatonin is a um, potent antioxidant. So it makes sense that it's produced in high quantities in those regions. So if you're exposing yourself to blue and green light after dark on your skin or through your eyes, your melatonin levels are going to be reduced. Um, and the placenta in particular is actually very susceptible to free radical generation. So melatonin secreted at that junction is going to actually repair and scavenge those free radicals. So if you're exposing yourself to too much artificial light after dark, you're going to have less melatonin and more susceptibility in that sort of ovary and placenta area to develop, you know, reproductive health issues and, and even, you know, issues that maybe don't impact reproduction, but could impact the health of, of, of the woman. So there's actually, yes, so much out there in terms of reproductive health. In, in men, there isn't so much in terms of the studies that are out there that suggest that, you know, light has a major issue with men when, when it comes to um, reproductive health for the individual. But there was one study that, that I managed to unearth that showed that low duration of sleep, so a disruptive sleep cycle and circadian rhythm, um, this was in 2017, showed a massive increased rate of developing prostate cancer in men. So again, you know, lower levels of melatonin are associated with, with prostate cancer in men. Poor sleep is also associated with this. So, you know, you need to make sure that, um, you know, you're, you're producing as much melatonin, whether, whether you're male or female, um, after dark, I think we can conclude from that. And pregnancy and birth is, is really interesting as well, that the majority of births happen at around midnight to, to 2 a.m. And that's when melatonin levels are at their highest, as we mentioned earlier. And the studies have shown that for a baby to 
or, or, or for delivery of a baby to be promoted, melatonin has to be present and it has to be synergized and mixed with something called oxytocin. And this is why the majority of births happen at night because melatonin levels are at the highest. So, you know, another reason why you want to be keeping your melatonin levels high is to, you know, deliver your baby at the, I guess, the, the most appropriate time, which is, which is at, at night as, as well. And, you know, we mentioned skin a few, few times as well. And, and I'll go on to speak about, speak about that. Um, I think separately after this, um, after I've just finalized this last point, there was an, an amazing study that came out eight weeks ago. Um, and it was on, it was on breast milk. So this is like, you, you, you've, um, had uh, delivery of your baby, um, and you're now, um, nurturing that child. Now they did this study, this clinical study that showed that what they wanted to do was they wanted to pump breast milk at different times of the day. And they wanted to test the hormone composition of each of the breast milks that was pumped at different times of the day. So for, for the ease of this um, conversation, the breast milk that was pumped during the day from, from the mother was very high in cortisol. Now, that is great to feed the baby during the day because it keeps them alert and awake, much like a uh, proper functioning circadian rhythm in, in the woman would, um, would be doing. But when they looked at the breast milk that was secreted after sunset, there was no cortisol in it, and it was very high in something called tryptophan and melatonin. And what this had in terms of implication for the baby was, because a baby isn't born with a circadian rhythm, it has to develop a circadian rhythm, they are suggesting that milk from the mother acts as chrononutrition. It acts as giving the baby signals as to when it should sleep and when it should be awake in order to create a optimal functioning circadian rhythm. So if you're pumping your breast milk and putting it in the fridge. And then at 2 a.m. in the morning, baby wakes up and you reach into the fridge and grab a, um, a bottle that was pumped during the day and give it to your baby. You're basically pumping that baby full of cortisol in the middle of the night, which is going to cause an awakening response in that, in that child. Keep them awake and make it longer and more difficult to give them that natural circadian rhythm. And the, the, the opposite is true as well. If you take a bottle of milk that's secreted during the the evening, which is high melatonin and tryptophan and give it to baby, baby is not going to be alert and awake and is going to be sleepy and tired during the day. So they were basically saying that, you know, this mechanism that nature has put in that, you know, the baby isn't born with a circadian rhythm, obviously, light management during the baby's early years is very important as well. But nature has created something called chrononutrition, where the mother's circadian rhythm is um, personified in their breast milk and the amount of hormones present in the breast milk changes throughout the day passed to the baby and then the baby develops a circadian rhythm that way. Well, you have to think about it too. And this isn't to at all put down pumping because God, thank God for pumping, but yes. we weren't originally meant to do that. So that's so interesting. So now we're, it's, we're basically saying like, use all of this protection, this light protection, but also separate the milk that you pump in the refrigerator, like label what time of day Correct. so you can use it properly. Absolutely. Absolutely correct. So nothing against pumping the breast milk. I think it's a great thing to do. Thank um, God. Just make sure yeah, it's modern society. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think that was that was a, a really groundbreaking study as well. And, and one other thing that, that was um, shown as well, that if a mother had a disrupted circadian rhythm, but like basically the um, maternal circadian clock was wrong, it would the maturing fetus clock. So it, the baby isn't born with a, a specific um, circadian rhythm, but obviously it's born with um, a clock system in place. They found that if the, the mother had a disrupted clock system themselves um, in this study, that 
it was a higher chance that the baby later in life would have um, psychological and actual behavioral problems as well um, at a young age. So we're not talking sort of 30 years down the line, like as a child, they would have more susceptibility to those um, psychological and behavioral problems as well. So, you know, it's very important that during pregnancy, you know, light hygiene is taken seriously as well, not just from the breast milk standpoint, but also for the fact that, you know, it can have those psychological and behavioral impacts on on your child as, as well, um, according to, to clinical studies. Um, and I guess, um, you know, that sort of leads us into talking about the skin as well, because I know that um, I briefly mentioned it and sort of scooted over it a little bit. But, you know, there's two factors in the skin um, that can disrupt our circadian rhythms. OK, so we mentioned earlier, and we, I think we covered it off quite well, that the skin has its own body clock um, that works independently of the master clock. So it's active during the day and it's in repair mode after dark. And if we have too much blue light exposure on our skin after dark, it doesn't go into recovery mode. Inflammation levels are high. Aging is a problem maybe melanoma and, and skin cancers later in life are a, are a problem as well. It's really, really interesting when you look at skin cancer rates, a lot of skin cancers appear in regions that aren't exposed to sunlight, which makes me think that maybe, um, you know, there's more to play than just UV light from, from, um, from this perspective. It could be a skin's disruptive circadian rhythm. Now, another major issue with the skin is it was discovered in 2017 that there is a photoreceptor um, present in the skin called melanopsin, which people originally thought was only present in the eyes. Um, and what that does is that is sensitive to blue light at 480 nanometers. So that is basically the peak of what's in any LED light or a digital device. So what that can do is if you're wearing blue light blocking glasses after dark, brilliant, you're, you're protecting your master clock to some degree. But if you've got artificial light on in the house and your skin is exposed, the skin can actually pick up um, and translate blue light through the melanopsin receptors in your skin and still tell your body that it's daytime and to shut down melatonin production. Now, there's not a lot of clinical evidence on this. There's only this one study that's that's come out that has basically shown that this can happen. Um, sometimes one study is, is all that's needed. But it seems to be that um, the effect isn't as much as, it, as the light shining through your, um, through your eyes at night. Um, it's, but it still has an impact on, on the hormone secretion. So you might want to be, if you can't change your lights to red light in your house, which to be honest, everyone should be doing anyway, you know, make sure that, you know, you guys are going into colder months now. So it's going to be a lot easier for you. I'm sat in a hundred degree, um, weather today in Australia because, you know, we live in the desert. So it's a little bit more difficult to cover up my skin. Um, you know, get long clothes on, get a hoodie on or wear a hat, um, long, long trousers, socks on, and you'll protect yourself against the, the blue light that could be disrupting your circadian clock and also causing aging as, as, as we've mentioned as well. So, you know, the skin has this sort of potent effect that, um, you know, can still detect blue light, can still disrupt your hormones. So you need to be cognizant to um, to that as well. And the same thing's true when you're sleeping. You know, we we mentioned that we wear a sleep mask because we want to block 100% of blue light. When we look at the studies, any kind of light that's passing through um, your closed eyes when you sleep or is hitting your skin whilst you sleep is actually disrupting, turning off melatonin. And it's also increasing insulin resistance. So, you know, coming from a nutritional background, I thought, you know, you eat a lot of sugar, you eat a lot of carbs, you're going to develop insulin resistant over time. But, you know, when you actually look at some of the studies out there, 
just one night of having blue light hit your skin whilst you sleep. So from a car headlight, neighbor street light, et cetera, um, can actually increase insulin resistance by about 50% in a normal healthy person. So you may be health eating a healthy diet or what you perceive to be a healthy diet, but you're causing insulin resistance by exposing yourself to too much artificial blue light and that impact of, you know, the light hitting your skin and disrupting the insulin clock as well. So, you know, light has so much more to answer for than, you know, a lot of people that are heavily into nutrition give it credit for. Um, and I think that, you know, it would be very naive of me to say that blue light is the sole cause of all these issues because I don't think it is, but I think it's a major contributor to, you know, a lot of poor lifestyle choices that we either um, knowingly or unknowingly make that is, you know, increasing our susceptibility to disease, disrupting our sleep and energy levels and, and reproductive health. It's so crazy because I used to notice the correlation that whenever I would be up at the forest retreat house, my insulin resistance would decrease dramatically. And I was like, what is it? Is the water like what's causing this when I'm up here that it goes away within two days, pretty much like I could eat more fruit, you know, anything blood sugar spiking at that point was a lot easier for me. And then I'd get back to LA and it would decrease. And this makes so much sense to me. I had yeah. no idea because I'm so protected up here. Whereas we were living, we're living in a park and now Topanga and we're doing a remodel so we don't have enough protection around but yeah. uh yeah this is so so uh informative for me it did no no I really appreciate that and, and two other things um unlight related that increase um and again has been shown in clinical studies to increase insulin resistance and blood sugar levels is um wi-fi um has been shown to do it independent of food and also microwave ovens i have um, a good hack for the wi-fi thing that my fiance oh. came up with because we fight every night over if he can watch anything on the on like his you know computer in our bed he has his own blue light room like we have fights over yeah. this and because he would want to watch the computer i would yell at him i'm like you have to unplug the wi-fi after and he'd fall asleep and forget and because he grew up up north with a lot of friends who grew a lot of pot you have timers that you can actually plug a plug into and set it for each night of the week that kills your wife anything it can kill like the grow lights for instance but this yeah. is a really good hack that it can kill your wi-fi the hours you want it to so now we have it killed i think 10 to 5 every night so good for people listening um, i'll have to yes. figure out what that that timer product from amazon was so we can link it Yes, I will definitely be on that. Um, you know, a lot of people will have them this time of year for their Christmas tree lights and, and, um, you know, lights outside as, as well. And, and that's a, that's another one as well. Like Christmas is coming. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're going to be decorating your tree, maybe decorate it with red lights this year. Um, yeah, maybe, there you go. Yeah, you go. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of like sort of white and blue lights and, you know, Santa likes red. So let's, let's get a lot of red lights on our tree this year. I swear if we all just went back to Victorian times in a lot of ways, not all the ways, but you know, candlelight, like that's how I decorate a lot for the holidays. Yeah. Just a lot of candles in the windows and you know that I love that red light and candles. It's a good alternative. Yes, completely agree. Well, one thing that I've been curious about, because I was like, I want to ask him this selfishly. Can you walk us through an ideal day for the totally average person, myself included, in Topanga, where I don't have all this protection aside from my glasses? Kind of walk us through the day, phone, device, you know, like you mentioned, uh, the, the screen colors and stuff, along with the mechanics of the glasses. Like, what would be an ideal day from the moment our eyes open till we close them? Absolutely. And I think I'll, given that, um, majority of your listeners are in the Northern Hemisphere, I'll talk about it from 
a point of view that you're going into winter now because I yes. think it's very different to how you would manage light in the summer. Um, Maybe you can so, give both. So South, okay, yeah. Southern and Northern Hemisphere can have their ideal days. That. Okay. Yes, I love it. Okay, let's start with the North. So we wake up in the morning in the Northern Hemisphere and typically because you guys have got daylight savings and because the days are shortening, you're probably going to be getting up before the sun rises. Now, you don't want to see any blue or green light um, until the sun rises, okay? Um, so you need to be wearing your Blue Block Sleep Plus glasses in the morning before the sun rises. And not a lot of people know that because um, they just- Those are the red. Them. Those are the red ones, yeah. Okay. So the ones that are designed for after sunset, but they're best to be worn before the sun sets as well. So if you're up early, you need to be still blocking that blue and green light. So you wake up, you get your, your blue light um, blocking glasses on, um, and maybe you're you know, going about your morning, maybe you're showering, maybe you're putting your, your makeup on or whatever you do. If you're, if you're a lady, if you're a guy, maybe you're doing your hair or whatever. Now, one hack that my wife put in place was that she found that she was wearing her blue light blocking glasses in the morning and all the way through and ideally all the way through until the sun rises. But during that period, she needed to, you know, do her hair, um, put on a little bit of, she doesn't wear much makeup, but put on a little bit of makeup, get herself ready for, for, for the day in, in the office. But what she was finding was because a couple of years ago, we didn't have any red light in our house, she was taking these glasses off. So it was all counterproductive. Um, so she installed um, red light in her, in her getting ready room where she um, obviously gets ready in, in the morning. So she can take her glasses off when she's in this room and do her hair and makeup under the um, presence of red light rather than blue and green light and disrupt her circadian rhythm. So once that's done, hopefully it's it's sunrise um, and it's getting lighter outside. So you want to be stepping outside. Now, it doesn't matter if it's snowing. It doesn't matter if it's raining. It doesn't matter if it's cloudy or overcast. Um, as long as you are outside first thing in the morning and haven't seen any blue and green light, you haven't looked at your phone, laptop or any of that stuff. And if you have, you've done it with blue light glasses on. You're going outside and you're getting that sunlight in the morning. It, sunlight will still pass through the clouds. Infrared light will still pass through the clouds and you still get the benefit in the morning of having that natural light, um, increase that cortisol level, give you that dopamine and give you that serotonin that you need later on in the evening to turn And having your skin exposed as much as possible, I imagine, really that you can point. bear. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And you have the other benefits in the winter now that, you know, if you can tolerate it and, and it's worth doing even if you can't um, for a short period of time is that you're going to expose your skin to the cold and that's Air extremely good extremely good so it is worth doing from a health perspective like the cold can increase your immune system it can ward off any nasty coughs and colds um, and it just keeps you so healthy and and i find with because I, I take cold showers i find that that really pumps me up in the day it just gives me that rush of like oh yeah that's really good i feel awake and alive now so you know, don't, don't be afraid of the cold, be outside. And, you know, that can be for a couple of minutes or it can be for an hour. It really depends on how much time you have in the day. Um, but it's important just to get outside during that time. Now, during the winter in the Northern Hemisphere or, or Southern Hemisphere for that matter, because the days are shorter and you typically in, in winter months get a lot more overcast days where it isn't as bright outside. So there's going to be a lot more lights on in your office and in your home. So you're going to have much more susceptibility to blue light, uh, much more exposure to blue light during the winter. So it's really important to wear, because we have two different pairs of glasses. Okay, We have our blue light clear lenses and we have our summer glow yellow lenses. And summer glow yellow lenses are perfect for winter time 
because they're infused with color therapy. So we looked at the literature around color therapy and infusing uh, a yellow glow type tint into blue light blocking lens technology actually has been shown to elevate mood um, in people with seasonal affective disorder. So because you're exposed to more blue light during the day in winter months, you really need to be using blue block summer glow glasses as opposed to the blue light computer glasses. The summer glow glasses are in essence, very similar to blue light. They just have color therapy in and they block a little bit more blue light than the clear glasses, which are great for the summer months, great for the well naturally lit um, office environments where you're using digital devices. So this is why it's always important that light needs change throughout the seasons and throughout the day. That's why we have three different types of glasses. So for the winter during the day, on go your yellow glasses. You'll obviously take them off if you're outside and not exposed to artificial light because you want more messages coming in through your brain. Um, from the light. But during the day when you're in the office, get those yellow glasses on if you can. If you've got a bit of a, an arsy boss that doesn't want you wearing those yellow glasses, like obviously argue the point, but um, the blue light computer glasses will help to some degree as well in the winter months. Now, when you're probably going to leave the office maybe after sunset or close to sunset. So before you start your commute home or walk home or whatever it may be, you want to be outside um, during the sunset as, as well. Um, you're also sort of taking a step back, want to be outside in the middle of the day as well. Um, just, just again, if you've got your lunch break, go out, eat your lunch outside, or, or at least just walk outside for five minutes to, to get new messages to the brain to tell you what time of the day it is and keep the circadian rhythm healthy. Now, during this time as well, your phone's on night shift mode. During the middle of the day, it's not on night shift mode. Now, when the sun sets, you then want to get your red sleep plus glasses back on obviously you're going to be exposed to blue and green light after dark in your house unless you biohacked it um, to perfection which a lot of people listening probably wouldn't have done so far you want to get your long clothes on cover up from the skin so blue light's not hitting your skin and then once your glasses are on you're going to start winding down ready to sleep you know sleep plus glasses aren't the kind of glasses that you need to wear for three months straight to get any benefits within one night you're going to see how game-changing these are you know, it's probably a nice time of the year to get some candles on like you do, Lacey. I think that's a fantastic thing to do. That will help soothe the body, make you sort of ready to get to sleep, help to induce melatonin. And it would, won't have any negative effects on the skin either. And then you want to get into um, get into bed, turn all the lights off, take your blue blocking glasses off and then put your sleep mask on. You could have completely blackout curtains as well, which is also another good hack um, to put into your bed bedroom. And then you go to sleep and you know, you'd wake up the next day and you'd run through the same process. Now, going on to the Southern Hemisphere. So we're in spring at the moment and we're going into summer. So the principles would be similar, but they would be slightly different. So people in the Northern Hemisphere can use this in their spring and summer months as well. So we're getting lighter days. In WA, we're very fortunate we don't have daylight savings. Um, so we rise with the rising sun, which is about 5.20 in the morning at the moment. We go outside, my wife and I, and we watch the sunrise. Typically, I'm just in shorts. Um, my wife will be in her like bikini because it's like we, we sit out the front. So we'd love to sit out there naked, but we'd Same. probably be arrested on <laughs> <laughs> totally. a busy streets. Yeah. So people yeah. be like, who are those weirdos? But um, yeah, we, we sit out there for, I mean, we're lucky enough that, that obviously we, we run our own business so we can sort of take the time we need to be out there. But anywhere between sort of, five, 10 minutes to up all the way up to, you know, as long as you want to be out there in the morning. Now, 
the morning sunlight in the spring and the summer, as, as well as the winter as well, is amazing because not only is it um, in training your circadian rhythm to produce hormones op- optimally, it's also producing something called melanin in the skin. Um, and melanin is a absorber of UV light um, and it protects us from UV light later on in the day. So in Australia, we get very high UV levels. So we want to make sure our melanin levels are very high. So we are out there as long as we can in the morning to build those melanin levels so that we don't burn later on in the day and leave ourselves with, you know, high amounts of cellular damage from overexposure or inappropriate exposure to UV light. The issue people have in the Western world is that we miss the sunrise um, and then we go outside and sunbathe in the middle of the day when UV levels are high. And light is so important because at the beginning of the day, the light that we receive on our skin at the beginning actually protects us from UV light damage later on in the day. So yes, the sun can be very bad for you if you don't manage it correctly. But if you get up in the morning and then want to you know, walk around in the sun for the rest of the day, you're going to get less damage from the UV light than you would if you missed the sunrise and you just walked outside in the middle of the day. Very important for us here in Australia. And then what we do is, um, or what people should do, I guess, is, is travel to work. Um, but because in the summer you're going to have, you know, beautiful blue skies, hopefully for most of the day, depending on where you live. I mean, I come from the UK and a blue sky is, is, is very rare, but you know, you're in essence going to get more natural light. So there'll be less exposure to artificial light. You might not need the office lights on. Um, even if you've got your computer on, you've got loads of natural light coming through your window. That's going to help counter um, a lot of the negative effects from your screen. Um, so this is why in the spring and summer months, we always say that you don't need your summer glow glasses during the day. You need your blue light computer glasses. So you can wear the clear glasses, which just takes down blue light enough to, um, you know, keep the hormones happy, keep the cortisol levels, you know, not going haywire and out of control. So very important to wear those during the office hours. And then you want to watch the sunset like you would do in the winter time. Um, the specific frequencies of light at sunset actually tell the brain that it's ready for um, to start turning cortisol off and to start producing melatonin. And then the same applies in the evening. You get your sleep plus glasses on um, and you'd start winding down ready to, to go to bed. You'd go to sleep, get your sleep mask on and um, drift off to sleep. The issue you'd have in the summer is, you know, maybe it's quite hot. Um, so it's harder to cover the skin up. So maybe you want to put red light in your house for the summer months rather than, you know, cover up and be really hot and uncomfortable. Um, and that's probably a really, really good hack to do anyway, um, regardless whether it's summer or, or winter. Um, and you also find that in the summer, you're, you're probably going to want the window open a bit more to let sort of um, the breeze in because it's so hot, which is going to leave you exposed to, you know, passive blue light from other sources outside your home. So you just got to be sort of aware of that as well. So, you know, they're, they're very similar, I guess, protocols, um, both from sort of autumn, winter, spring and summer. Um, but with some slight tweaks. So hopefully that's enough for people to sort of, you know, start implementing some changes. But, you know, as I said before, Lacey, like, you know, if people are unsure and, you know, want me to sort of write down a little bit clearer rather than sort of my ramblings on on the, on, on this podcast, they can, they can reach out anytime via the website and just say, you know, can you reiterate what I need to do light hack wise? And we can give lots of free advice on, you know, do this, do that. And, you know, perhaps these are the glasses that you'll need, or perhaps you've already owned some of our glasses, which so many of your beautiful community do. And they want to know maybe some more information, you know, um, about how to use them properly, you know, reach out, you know, we're, we're here to, to support everyone for, for life, you know. 
Wow. Thank you, Andy. I think you touched on every question I had and gave so much more information. And I'm so thankful to stay in touch and really learn. I'm literally sitting here under incandescent light, like moving over, moving my body away, (laughs) even though I know I'm still exposed. So this is so helpful. Where can we find you? Even though it'll be linked in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, look, the, the best the best place to to find me is just just through the website. Just go to the contact page and drop a, a line to us there. Myself, my wife, always answer all the the personal questions that are addressed to, to to us because we have the knowledge and we want to share it. And we always put time aside each day to answer those questions. Check out our Instagram, Blue Blocks Official. Um, all of our posts aren't just pretty pictures of people wearing our glasses. They that comes with a lot of you know science and, and rationale behind how blue light is affecting us on each of those posts and our light and health group on Facebook. Just, just type in the search bar light and health, come and join that. It's a a beautiful community of people that have such a vast amount of knowledge. Like some of them, you know, have much more knowledge than me on this. And, you know, they're always happy to answer questions, even if, you know, you might personally think, Oh, this is a silly question or a basic question. Come in and ask it in the group because we can give you such custom and bespoke um, answers um, because, you know, it's like nutrition, Lacey. It's light is a bespoke thing for everyone. There's there's general principles that apply to everyone, but everyone's environment is different. And we want to make sure that we give the correct advice to people based on their personal needs. And the Light and Health Group is, is great for that. I'm not very active on my personal Instagram, but my Facebook, I'm very active. So people can connect with me or follow me on Facebook as well. Just Andy Mant, M-A-N-T is the surname. And yeah, I, I post a lot about sort of my life and what I'm doing. And a lot of it relates to light and sort of alternative health, which is sort of interesting for some people to look at as well. So they're probably the best um, outlets to, to reach us, Lacey. Thank you for everything, Andy. I'm wishing you guys a wonderful holiday season and uh, just so grateful for your product. It's obviously the only only one I use in the blue light range. And I really respect how deep the science and research and trial and errors going into each of them. And they've benefited me so much. So thank you for that. No problem at all. And and honestly, thank you so much again for letting me, um, you know, come on and speak to you about this. I know that, you know, personally take away so much from, from these conversations, which, you know, is really humbling and, you know, the amount of, you know, last time we were on, on, I was speaking on your show, the amount of beautiful messages I had from your community were, was, was, was fantastic. You know, just such kind words about what they'd learned from the show, but also, you know, asking questions. And it was just blew me away how people wanted to learn about this and how seriously they took it. And, you know, we, we recorded that show back in March and, and I'm still getting emails to this day from people that are listening to it. So it's, it's just, really humbling and i'm so grateful that you know so many people have taken such empowerment from listening to me speak and and you know that really is what i want to do i I don't want to ever come across as as a salesman I, i i don't want to do that i want to be an educator and i want people to take information and empower themselves in whatever way that you know works for them I think that is the only and best way. And it, it really, it's very apparent. And I think, um, thank you. yeah, very transparent is a better word. So thank you so much and have a beautiful morning over there. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so <laughs> and then much. I hope to connect soon. And, and I'm loving, loving those, the, the eye mask at night. It's just such a game changer. I mean, I obviously always was wearing the red glasses at night. And then I, I actually now realize that I need to get, when winter is over the just regular blue blocking because I've been wearing the yellows during the day all the time. So yes. uh, that that's another big takeaway I took from this, but just thank you for these products and, and take care.
Thank you so much. Anytime. Bye, Andy. Cheers. I mean, I have even fallen off the track here and there. I do wear my glasses every single evening. I don't go without when it comes to the dark, but I have been a little bit bad when it comes to the light. So this was a really reinforcing episode that I need to keep my shit together with that. If you found it super helpful, please forward it to any of your friends or family who certainly struggle with fertility, with hormones, uh, with sleep issues. They will really benefit from this and have a beautiful weekend. 